Live from Las Vegas, the Snake Sports Talk Show with Jake Silva starts right now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time, and we're running it back on a hump day Wednesday on the Snake Sports Talk Show, wherever and however you may be watching and listening today. Happy Wednesday to every one of you guys. We're live on all social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, and, of course, on YouTube, where you guys can subscribe, like, hit the bell button, and also follow me on all the social media platforms listed just to keep up with my show. Really do appreciate every single one of you who are jumping on, and for those, retweet it with your friends. We've got so much that we got to talk about. As we mentioned, you know, NBA kicked off last night. Uh terrible, terrible loss uh, for the LA Lakers. And again, there's a lot of just open realities that's happening for a lot of teams. But, you know, in the same aspect, we've got other games coming up as well. But uh, I'm really glad all of you guys can come up on here today, as we mentioned. So let's start with this. So I want to talk about last night's game. So, of course, on one side, the Milwaukee Bucks, defending champs, got the job done. And we knew coming into what this year was going to prove is defending champions, wanting to redeem their title, or, you know, defend it any way that they could. On the other side, Golden State and the Lakers. One thing, and I did my top 10 yesterday. This is precisely the reason I put the Lakers at number nine. And again, they could drop to either the 10th or the 11th spot. But when I looked at every one of the power rankings in the NBA just before the season started, I was absolutely appalled because they all had the Lakers either at three or four. And why is it that people would have ranked them this high? Because first of all, what are the reasons that we end up jumping on them to get up into the top five? It's definitely the brand because when you see Lakers, big brand, most expensive franchise, you just see them everywhere. And then the other part is LeBron James. So there's your reason why that they put him at three or four. But when you actually look at it with logic and also with realism, this is not a team that all together they could maybe make the playoffs, but it's not going to guarantee you winning a championship. I do like LeBron. I do think he's a really good player. I like Carmelo Anthony. I think he's a good player too. Same with Russell Westbrook and the rest of what the Lakers roster looks like top to bottom. But look at every one of them. I'm not trying to downgrade them, but the fact of the matter is, is that you look in today's NBA you have young stars who are giving you the minutes, who are giving you the assists, giving you the important shots and points, whether it's in the wing or within the perimeter. You got to have young guys that can give you all of those, uh, all, every single one of those tasks. You got to have them. It's the one way that you're going to even make it through in this league, even win a championship. Yes, you have veteran experience, guys, but most of this has been ran off of young, talented shooters 
and not to mention a lot of them like point guards. I love the ones that normally you'll get a few points, maybe 15, 20, but I like the guys that have that rack up more assists because they're the ones that are spreading the floor while the shooting guards are there shooting and defending the wings. So you have superstars, you have co-stars. And like I mentioned before in my in my previous episodes, star co-star and supporting actor or actors, whatever it is. Right now, the Lakers, every single one of them have kind of been ran down. They're not even within their prime anymore. This is why if the Lakers really want to win a championship that badly, it's a lightning in a bottle for them. Because you're not going to end up winning a championship with that roster. Absolutely not. The reason that I'm sure they brought everybody in there is because it's fandom. Superstar, like it's stardom. That's all that it is. They're not going to remember Carmelo in Denver or in New York or in Portland or in Houston, let alone Oklahoma City. They'll remember him when he was a Laker. Or how about Russell Westbrook? They're not going to remember him in Oklahoma City, let alone in Houston. They'll remember him as a Laker. There's too many of this. This is why that I'm like, this is absolutely ridiculous. Everybody wants that stardom. And as I mentioned before, yeah, too many, too many players want the ball, Anthony. Exactly. That's, exactly. that's exactly what it looks like. And here's what's funny for you. Is that every time I, like, when I watch this roster, and I, and I already know it, and I already see it, this roster, as I mentioned in my episode, is why I compared them to the 2008 Yankees. I have. Because the Yankees were in the same position. Big name brand, New York, you got Wall Street blowing you up 24-7. And you've got all these big name players. Jason Giambi, let's be honest, not exactly in his prime like he was in Oakland. Bobby Abreu wasn't even close to being in his prime since Philly. And not to mention Mike Mussina. We watched him in Baltimore, didn't we? There was all of these stars. For what reason? They finally figured that out last the, the, the following year in 2009 where they won a World Series. They were able to get guys like Curtis Granderson, Mark Teixeira, uh, A.J. Burnett, C.C. Sabathia. That's how they were able to win that championship because the more and more of those stardom started to kind of pile up, even though they were not even winning a whole lot of games. They built them up because they know they have a lot of money. And they're able to make trades. That's why they don't care how much that they lose. That's all it is. It's bit, This always happens for big-named brands. But I feel like for the, for the Lakers, they are much like the 2008 Yankees. They're a team with all these stars, all these big names, but to pass the prime. You'll win games with them, but could you win a championship? My guess is probably not. Because the Bucks, you know, they're, all, they're fresh off a championship win. You have a couple of teams that are brewing up that they want to get into the championship so badly. Denver, the Clippers, the, uh, the Jazz, the Sixers. There are a lot of teams out there in this league that they want to win the championship. But you can't win them when players are just old, brittle, and at the same time, 
they don't even fit the system. So that's that's the only one reality I have on the Lakers. All right. Um, so here's what's interesting. Because, of course, a team we talked about, I, I would say in the past month, month and a half. But rumored reports, and I'm just getting this courtesy of my colleagues here at Spotlight Sports Network, but I will pop it up for you now. So apparently sources are saying the Miami Dolphins are a lot closer to acquiring quarterback Deshaun Watson from the Houston Texans, and it could go down this week. Isn't that interesting? And we've been talking about this for a month, month and a half. This is specifically the reason they do not trust Tua. Because now the news is sparking back up again. But the only big risk is that Deshaun personally has a lot of baggage. He's got to clear up all this crap. Because with all these lawsuits, with all these accusations, everything that's happening in his personal life. But remember this, that the Dolphins are not happy and they are not comfortable where they are at 1-5. and You clearly see that. I looked all from top to bottom of that roster from the, the the schedule. And so what I look at it with this is that the Dolphins, they want to get competitive. They do not want to end up losing any more games. Brian Flores is not the problem. Parts of the defenses is not the problem. You just do not have the right playmaker and executor. So here's the deal. You look at right now with the issue with Deshaun and the potential they may they may have to acquiring him. But my only guess is with the Texans, because this, this is what the Dolphins really have, Tua and Jacoby Brissett. My guess is they may keep Brissett because he's got the veteran experience. He's got, he, you know, he, he's got, um, you know, he's, he's a guy that spent time in this league. So they're not going to end up losing him. But I feel like the Texans may move, the, the, the Dolphins may move Tua. They'll move Tua to the Houston Texans. They'll probably end up moving up a couple of draft picks. But this is the problem for the Dolphins. This is why they're making so much of a risk. Because they've already given up so many draft picks anyway. That their future is kind of questionable. All these draft picks they acquired, giving them all up. They're willing to take the risk. But this is also one that could potentially backfire because if something happened with Deshaun Watson by the lawsuit, then all of this could get abolished. That means the Dolphins would lose the picks, they'll lose a quarterback, and then they'll lose another quarterback because of the fact of Deshaun Watson's cases. So that means Miami would be in the position where they may have to force trades in order to move up to maybe potentially get a quarterback. This is tough, folks. This is a really, really tough decision that the Miami Dolphins are going to be making this whole week. Even though I get the aggression part, they want to be the better team in the AFC East, and I don't blame them. Because you're facing Josh Allen twice a year. You've got New England, who I don't know if Mac Jones could truly be at his all-time best in the next two, three years. And then the Jets are the Jets. So 
that that's the serious question. What do you do if you are Miami? Because all this news now continuing to pile up and it's resurfacing again just tells you they don't trust Tua. They much rather move off of him. They have a veteran experienced quarterback and Jacoby Reset. They do not want to move him and they're willing to give up picks, whatever it takes to getting Deshaun Watson. Yeah, that would be my thing is keeping David Mills because, I mean, he's a, he's a rookie. You can't just, you know, if you traded away a rookie, it would be like a Josh Rosen thing. So I think that what the Texans will have, even if the Dolphins give up Tua to the Texans because they're going to want something compensated, they'll lose one quarterback for another. And think about the depth chart afterwards. You would have Tyrod Taylor, David Mills, and Tua Tagovailoa. Those would be your three quarterbacks right there. And Tyrod, been in this league for quite some time, but never truly got his. He's been in a mix of just unfortunate events. Because in Buffalo, he couldn't stay healthy, had a couple of concussion protocols, and they moved off him, and they got Josh Allen. Cleveland took Tyron and then eventually was grooming up for it was grooming up for Baker Mayfield. Then the Chargers take him as a backup for Phillip Rivers. Rivers goes to Indianapolis. Then ends up starting, but then has a has a punctured lung. And then Justin Herbert is the superstar. And so here we are in Houston. One thing I can tell you, I don't think that Tua is better than Tyrod, could be better than David Mills, but this is, this is going to be an interesting week. If this deal really does go down this week, because a lot's on the line for both teams, it's not even just one. It's both of them. The Texans would be losing to Sean Watson and they'll have question marks all over the place with quarterbacks because it's like, do we go with David Mills? Do we go with Tua or do we go with Tyrod Taylor? Then it will be question marks on Miami's side. Did we make the right move? Did we give up too much? What's happening with Deshaun Watson in his personal cases? It's all over the place. That's where I think right now, if you look at both these teams, I don't know. Do you take the risk? So I know Miami's kind of going through their reality that Tua may not is probably not the quarterback that they had anticipated because Joe Burrow is excelling. Justin Herbert's a superstar. So they're looking at all the rest of the quarterbacks within that draft class. And they're looking back at the pick they made. They're like, man, I don't think he's a top 10. He's a top 10 draftee. So, I just think right now it'll be interesting to see what Miami does, but I do think could be too much of a risk really to pull off. Coming up next, um, thir- you know, Thursday night, it'll be very interesting. Thursday night, tomorrow night's going to be very interesting. And one team in particular that they're getting brittled with injuries because now both running backs are out. There are a couple of other injuries here and there and then Baker Mayfield is now out so 
But I'll tell you, because I have my prime predictions today, my pick is not changing. And I'm going to explain to you why I'm still going with the Browns against the Broncos. It'll be interesting to see how that all runs tomorrow night. But I'm a, I I think it'll be an interesting one. But there's just lots of there's just lots that's on the line right now for Cleveland than we think. All right. So um for all of you guys, you've heard me talk about this the last couple of weeks, close to a month. I can't stop talking about it because it's such a it's such an amazing app and it's such an amazing difference that it is making, not just in my life, but in the lives of others. It's more than just an app because it's suited not just for fantasy content uh, fantasy competitors, not even just for you know sports betters or even the ones that are in the money market field. But this app here in particular is definitely the one to go for. I can't even shut up about it. It's called Superdraft Pro. Why am I talking so much about Superdraft Pro? Because with it being more than an app, there's so many possibilities and there's so many ways that you can be a winner on this app. You ain't just being a winner going and playing games and hoping that you win big. You're also being a winner sharing it with your friends, family, coworkers, and so much more and getting paid doing it. You're getting paid sharing. You're getting paid playing free games. And you're building a community. You're building a complete community. It's so much fun. I absolutely enjoy it. And right now, because it's stacking right now, with NBA starting their season, NHL currently going on, baseball postseason, and there's also the NFL season. It's jam-packed. I love this time of year because that's where a lot of money's going into the pot. And there's so many different ways to win. And it's free subscription. All it takes. So... You guys want to know more? Send me a message, and I would be happy to end up giving you a lot, all the information, all the ins and outs that you guys can check out here. That is superdraftpro.com. You can go online or download onto your mobile device through Google Play in the App Store as they have both the fantasy and sports book. Superdraft Pro. Play like a pro. Sign up like a pro. Share it with your friends and family and coworkers like a pro. Superdraftpro.com. Superdraft Pro is also sponsored by Caesars Entertainment.
Like I said before, guys, if you haven't gotten yourselves geared up, 
because we love it when you support the network and you show love for the network. Support your favorite network and, of course, all the shows on the network at SpotlightSportsNetwork.com. Under the merchandise section, powered by Spreadshirt, where you can find T-shirts, hats, hoodies, accessories, and so much more online at SpotlightSportsNetwork.com. Under merchandise section, powered by Spreadshirt. Uh, I know it's getting a little bit cooler here in the Vegas Valley, but, you know, I've, I've been born and raised here my whole life, and sometimes... When it comes to a lot of the, you know, the the dry weather, whether dry heat or sometimes, you know, it's a little bit of just that dry cold, it really, really gets cold. I know for a fact that like I get to a time where it kind of breaks out my skin. I do. It, it happens all the time. It's always with my knuckles. So I usually know that the first thing that I that I feel a lot of that crack and then I got to put on more lotion. I got to put on more, you know, um, just anything that can help to kind of soothe it out. You know, it's, it, it, that's just usually the reality I have to deal with here in Vegas, but you know, I string through it. And then by the time it gets to summer, you know, my skin's basically breathing. So, all right. So tomorrow night we've got the Denver Broncos and the Cleveland Browns. So Cleveland is in a position where, where they're sitting at right now, Lots of questions on the quarterback position. They have all the pieces that they could make a serious run. But the quarterback has been the question mark for them this year. We know it's not a surprise to either one of us because we knew that this was kind of this was going to be the thing walking into this season that Cleveland needed to figure out. And so What's interesting, so this is the thing for tomorrow. Baker Mayfield's not playing. Has a completely torn labrum on his shoulder. And he's been lingering on that. So Baker was saying that he was going to end up playing. He was going to end up, you know, shaking it off, play, and see if he can win a game for Cleveland. But instead, Kevin Stefanski did not want to make that risk. So instead, he's going with Case Keenum, who he ended up coaching with in Minnesota. And here's what's also funny, too. Case Keenum also played in Denver. So he was a part of the Denver group just before they ended up going and getting Drew Locke. So he knows bits and pieces of how that organization is ran. It's interesting how we're going to see what tomorrow looks like for both these teams. Because Denver... They started out the year 3-0, beating the Jags, beating the Giants, beating the Jets. Three rebuilding teams. Then they're on a, a completely, they're on a complete three-game losing streak. They're looking terrible. They're looking bad. Because Teddy Bridgewater was injured. In comes Drew Locke, completely inconsistent. Not exactly the quarterback a lot of people anticipated out of Missouri. So Denver's in a point they cannot lose any more games. And it's interesting how we're seeing it because also Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb are hurt. So they barely have a run game. But I don't think from what I'm seeing into this specific matchup, I don't think it's going to re- overly rely so much on the run. Because I think Denver's done a really good job containing the run for the most part, that's not their issue. 
The other part is, is that even if you have some wide receivers hurt, Cleveland still has a bunch of them. Donovan Peoples-Jones, Richard Higgins, they have plenty of options. Case Keenum, if you think about it, was the main reason that Minnesota was still con- like continuously being competitive that year he was in Minnesota because they went past you know Teddy Bridgewater, they went past Sam Bradford who got hurt, and then Case Keenum co- comes in and still was giving them points, was giving them the opportunities, and they made it all the way to the championship game against the Eagles. And the Eagles completely blew them away. But regardless of what you thought of how that Minnesota team and how Case Keenan performed, Kevin Stefanski knows how to run an offense. So knowing you have a veteran quarterback who has been under your coaching tree, you know, that's going to be interesting to see how Cleveland really manages all this. But I do think Cleveland, because it's on my prime predictions, and I'll explain it to you once we have it here on the bottom half of the hour. But I, again, I'm taking Cleveland. I'm not changing my pick because both defenses are really good. Cleveland has had a string where they have made a bunch of stops. They didn't even look good against the Chargers after giving up 47 points. But after, but besides all of that, Cleveland against Denver I do think it's kind of more of a mid-scoring game on both ends because Denver right now, they're looking a little bit inconsistent the last three games. They're three and three right now. And I don't really know what to expect out of Denver. I knew they were going to be gold because you start out the year three and oh against three rebuilding teams. That's not enough for me to really prove you're a contending team. You got to be able to beat uh, teams who either were in the playoffs last year or are currently over 500. And they're very competitive. So that's where I think Denver is where I I just have a lot of question marks with. I do think they are a good team, but I don't think they're going to get past that hump. And I do believe that that Cleveland is going to figure this out. I think Cleveland's going to be just fine. I think they'll figure out a way to get past all of those lists of injuries. Time now, folks, for the hot press. So, of course, after all the drama as the 76ers are getting ready to start their season here, uh, Doc Rivers ended up saying that Ben Simmons' drama muting fun of opening day for the Philadelphia 76ers. Doc Rivers ended up saying that the typical fun that surrounds opening day is muted with star point guard Ben Simmons back home under team suspension as his trade demand has kept the team dealing with the drama. As he said, quote, it's a it's a predicament that we're in and that part is no fun. It really isn't. We get to play right now and Ben is not. I want Ben to be playing. That's his job. So, of course, all of the drama that's surrounding around the Sixers and Ben Simmons, clearly you see it all in black and white. He's not willing to be participating in anything that the Philadelphia 76ers are doing. None of it. So, instead of just lingering all of this on and just sugarcoating it, 
we know that they are in a tough position because one, you shouldn't have given him that max contract. You shouldn't have ended up coddling him after the last couple of years where he just was not himself. And you know what, you know what's funny is that real quick, I saw this in um I saw this in all of my colleagues' group chat for the network. And what was interesting in 2016, yeah, the time when Ben Simmons was about to get drafted out of LSU. They've already pointed out, one of the reporters pointed out that he's not coachable, absolutely uncoachable, and shuts down, and he's completely himself. So (laughs) I don't know how you're going to end up dealing with this one way or another, but I know for a fact Philadelphia, they're going to get to their last straw with it and done. So uh, by the way, the Green Bay Packers, here's some interesting news that the Packers right now are going to be ready to signing edge rusher uh, former edge rusher of the Houston Texans, Whitney Marcellus. Um, he was re- he was recently released in efforts to try to help out a, ban- a banged up defense. So, Whitney Marcellus is going to be jo- is going to be joined by Jalen Smith, who they picked up out of the uh, the Dallas Cowboys. So it'll be interesting to see how Whitney Marcellus plugs into it after spending ten seasons with the franchise in Houston. Um, he turned down more money elsewhere to join Green Bay's defense. So the Kansas City Chiefs were in the position where they would take a guy like Marcellus and who had guaranteed money owed to him as part of the Texans' deal. So the Packers coach, Matt LaFleur, had ended up saying that nothing's official until then. I'm not going to say much about it. But, you know, you know how these businesses work. They're not going to say anything about it until a done deal is you know, is basically signed. But Whitney Marcellus heading to Green Bay, I think that's going to be interesting. That just means there's more juice. Rashawn Gary, um, Whitney Marcellus, and Jalen Smith. I think a little bit of that interior front for the Packers is going to be a lot better. And I do think you're going to only get maybe two, three years possibly out of Whitney Marcellus before he's completely out of his prime. Uh, but I do think he's a very excellent pass rusher. I do think you you are getting some value with him if you're Green Bay, but Green Bay, I know what they're doing. They want to beef up that defense because they want to be a team that's going to put pressure up on the quarterback. They feel like they have not, and that has kind of been the root cause on certain um, issues of what they had on the defensive side of the football. So, um, so Jalen Brown, we ended up getting some more news from here. J, uh, star Boston Celtics star Jalen Brown to be in starting lineup for opener after he had tested positive for COVID-19 back in October 8th. So he will be in the starting lineup tonight against the New York Knicks as a Mayo Duca, um, the head coach of the Celtics had ended up announcing, uh, Jalen Brown had a couple of things to say. Uh, earlier about his deal. There were some mild symptoms for the most part. The most concerning was my breathing. I had to really focus to get my breathing kind of back to normal, but the more I focused on it, the better I was able to gain more efficiency in it. So good news for the Boston Celtics that they are getting Jalen, uh, Jalen Brown back. Very, very happy to be seeing him back up out on the court. Um, hopefully, We'll see what the Boston Celtics season really, really looks like. But that's just one of those star pieces. So with him and Jason Tatum there up on the floor, hopefully this young Celtics team will be 
much better. So, so more reports now on Joe Burrow as he is still dealing with the effects of the throat contusion as the Bengals are preparing for a noisy matchup in Baltimore. Uh, for the second straight week, Burrow did not participate in his weekly Wednesday media availability because of the lingering effects from the throat contusion. So uh, Bengals coach Zach Taylor ended up saying the doctor said he should rest a little bit more. So that's what we're going to do. Um, hopefully, I think, you know, with with this throat contusion situation with Joe Burrow, I mean, it is tough. Even as a quarterback, when you know you have to be vocal and even as a leader. So I'm hoping and praying that Joe Burrow gets plenty of rest. You know, the throat gets completely healed. And, you know, because again, I, I there's a lot of, there's a lot of really, really good positives for Cincinnati this year. Everybody's starting to click right now. Um, I'm still having question marks about that offensive line, but as long as the offense themselves are still continuing to produce, I think they'll still be in a really, really good position. So hopefully some positive news come the next coming days for Joe Burrow. All right, folks, that was your hot press. Coming up next, as always, every week, I always do have my prime predictions for week seven, and it's going to be bigger and better than ever. We actually did really, really good this past week in week six, so I am excited to see what the prime predictions are going to look like. I've already kind of given you a little bit of a taste, maybe a small appetizer on what tomorrow night's going to be like, <coughs> but... There's going to be a lot more I'm going to be loading up here for you guys for prime predictions this week seven. So if you haven't done so already, what are you guys waiting for? There are plenty of deals still continuously going on. Hats, hoodies, t-shirts, coffee mugs, phone accessories, and so much more all online on the network's branding, spotlightsportsnetwork.com. Under the merchandise section, powered by Spreadshirt, rep and support your favorite network, rep and support your, pay, your favorite show on the network. And if you do, definitely send in your pictures the second you guys end up getting in your gear, repping your gear, because we'd love to showcase it on all of our social media platforms. So that's SpotlightSportsNetwork.com, merchandise section on the tab corner, powered by Spreadshirt.
Do you like the Oakland A's? Are you a fan of the Golden Knights? Do you love the Los Angeles Chargers? Well then, my friends, you're in the right place. This is the Snake Sports Talk Show with your host, Jake the Snake Silva. Brought to you by the Spotlight Sports Network. Well, folks, as always, and of course, it's always the usual here on the Spotlight Sports Network and, of course, on the Snake Sports Talk Show. We really do appreciate every single one of you guys being on here today, and we are getting ready to do our best for last. But if you guys haven't done so already, like, subscribe, hit the bell button for all latest notifications, and, of course, keeping your guys' selves up to date on every episode every week of the Snake Sports Talk Show we really do appreciate your guys' love and support every day, every week, because the more and more, hopefully we'll get more new subscribers, new viewers, and new listeners, but that's what we strive for is keeping you guys up to date with everything happening in all of sports. So, Prime Predictions Week 6 was really, really good, and we've I think we've only had maybe three losses. We're getting closer and closer and closer. You know, I haven't even hit a complete spot yet. And that's kind of something that I've always strived for. So like growing up as a kid, I remember there was one time where my biological father, we were at home and we always did this thing. This is how I ended up getting more into sports betting and mostly into the NFL. But when I was doing, when I was watching him just doing all of his sports bets, he was definitely going by exactly what those teams looked like in the previous week and what they're going to look like next week. So we had an eight-teamer in the morning and he went undefeated. 
eight-teamer, eight-no. I was completely appalled. And you know what's funny? And I'm sure for a lot of my colleagues who are probably watching this here today, but that game that literally got him the eight and O was literally the game for the Philadelphia Eagles. That was the game that got him the eight, the eight team or eight. No, because it was a lateral pass that one of the players got tackled. Football was loose up in the air and one of the players caught it and ran it all the way for a touchdown. That was ball game. That was where he was able to seal the deal. Eight. No, like, we all just went nuts. So it was a lot of fun. It was great. But that's how I started getting more into sports betting and more into um, also up into the sports and even in the NFL. So, all right. Like usual, all odds are provided by uh, Super Draft Pro. Draft like a pro, play like a pro, share like a pro, and sign yourselves up today. This is, uh, subscription is free when you go online to uh, superdraftpro.com download on your mobile device through google play and the app store where we have both fantasy and of course we also have these sports books so here we go without further ado best for last it is jake's prime predictions let's go let's turn it up it's jake's prime predictions Broncos at Browns. I'm going to take the Cleveland Browns at minus three. I know what you all are thinking. You think I'm crazy. Well, first of all, do understand a few things here, okay? Because Kevin Stefanski has experience with Case Keenum. Even if they have no run game with Kareem Hunt or even Nick Chubb and Baker Mayfield is out. They have wide receiver options. And plus, the, the, the offensive line is just fine. They may have lost at least two pieces, but it's still a legit offensive line. And you have to think about Denver as well, where Case Keenum was a part of that organization. He knows exactly how that side of it is ran. So I think it's going to be a very interesting game. I think both Case Keenum and Kevin Stefanski, they're going to figure this puppy out. And I do take the Cleveland Browns to win this game at home against a Foos Gold Denver Broncos team, 28-24. Take the minus three right there. Jets at Patriots. I'm going to take the Patriots at minus seven. First of all, the Jets are a completely rebuilding offense. We know that. The difference between Zach Wilson and Mac Jones is Mac Jones has stability. But also at the same time, that was kind of ugly from New England. And the last thing the Patriots want to do is lose ugly throughout the next couple of weeks. They can't do that. So Bill Belichick is going to find a way to really rebound to get this offense rolling. I know a lot of people were completely canning Josh McDaniels because knowing a couple of play schemes that I watched the Patriots play, I, I just think, why are you not executing a lot of those runs, if not some of those pass plays? I think New England's going to rebound comfortably at home in Foxborough, minus seven, and win 28-21 at home against the, against the Jets. Washington at Packers. I'm going to take the Green Bay Packers at home. Uh, first of all, I was listening to one of the um, one of the space podcasts today, and the only thing that's been so concerning is the defense has not played the same. The defense looks so scared. 
you could see Chase Young, Montez Sweat, Bostic, and several others up there up on the front, and they're not providing pressures against opposing offenses. Now, even though that Green Bay, mind you, they have been on the talks of signing Whitney Marcellus, another veteran piece at pass rush that they're going to need with him, Jalen Smith, and with Rashawn Gary. So they are trying to fill those holes for Green Bay to apply more pressure. They want to be more of that team that just gets into your face, makes you completely uncomfortable in the pocket. Taylor Heineke is just fine as a quarterback, but we know that there's been a bunch of struggles with the Washington football team here and there. I'm going to take Green Bay comfortably at 9.5 at home in Lambeau. 31-20 is my final score. I think that's going to be reasonable for the Packers to win it. Panthers at Giants. I'm going to take the Carolina Panthers on the road against the New York Giants. This has just not been a year for the Giants or New York football at all, um, altogether. I kind of feel sorry for the Giants right now because of the fact that they do have a couple really good pieces on defense, Kenny Galladay and several others, and even Daniel Jones. But the Carolina Panthers, we did, however, see sighting of Stephon Gilmore in practice. So, there's a positive upside for that defensive backfield for the Panthers. But this has also been a team that they know there's pressure on Sam Darnold's shoulders. So who knows how Sam Darnold will re, um, rebound here this week. But I think the Carolina Panthers, Chuba Hubbard has actually looked pretty good up on the, on the ground. So that kind of lives a, gives a little bit of sigh of relief for the Panthers moving forward. So I'm going to take Carolina Winning on the road, strong statement here, 27-20 at New York, and the Carolina Panthers will improve their record. Chiefs at Titans. After watching Monday Night Football against the Buffalo Bills, I'm going to take the Titans at plus five and a half. You think I'm nuts? Listen, you got two superstars, Patrick Mahomes and Derrick Henry, both clashing at each other. What is the problem right now for Kansas City? They have absolutely zero run defense. They look completely exposed from there. And by the way, they were playing Philadelphia where that defense did not look good. So they were still allowing Jalen Hurts to get back into games and you know getting getting back into situations where they could potentially change the table. I think Tennessee and I was very critical of it because I knew what I was going to get on defense. So, mind you, they are going to give up points on that end, but the offense, you're not going to contain, contain Derrick Henry on the ground for very long. You're going to get busted in the mouth. The defensive line is going to completely crumble. And I think he will lead the charge. Once again, if he's done it against Buffalo, I'm sure he'll do it against Kansas city. I'm going to take the Titans plus five and a half. I think that's guaranteeable. And I do think it's a safe pick right there. 28, 23, Tennessee upsets Kansas city at home. And that's going to be a big statement win for Derrick Henry. Bengals at Ravens. Now, this is a really, really good game through and through, but I'm going to take the Baltimore Ravens at minus six. I like the line, but also at the same time, you have to think about it. Cincinnati's coming in with a hot hand themselves. And Baltimore came off of a massive win against the Chargers, 34 to six. So what they trusted on, Marlon Humphrey was completely shut down when it came to the passing offense, gave Justin Herbert so many problems, whether it was getting it to Mike Williams or getting it to Jared Cook, 
Um, I feel like this could be the same similar issue for Joe Burrow, even though things may look interesting in that AFC North matchup. But I do think the Baltimore Ravens, they got more juice in them. Lamar Jackson's very elusive. So I don't think the Cincinnati Bengals might have an answer for him. I'll take the uh, I'll take Baltimore because it's going to be loud. And mind you, the throat contusion. Joe Burrow is going to have to scream. And I, I, I'm a little bit concerned about that. So hopefully Joe Burrow will be okay in this game. But I do think Baltimore is going to stop the Bengals 30 to 24. I'm going to take the Ravens here at home. Falcons at Dolphins. All right, this might make you guys feel like I'm nuts, but I'm going to take the Dolphins at plus five and a half. Uh, look, news doesn't spread for for no reason. It does because at this point, they know that the Dolphins, they don't completely trust Tua. But I'll tell you one thing, I don't trust Atlanta either. So I think Miami, with their defense set, even though it has not been the best this year, they're sitting at one and five. I think Atlanta, they've been having troubles as far as consistency goes, but I'm going to take the uh, Miami Dolphins. Knowing the defense may give Matt Ryan problems, but I think through and through it'll be a mid-scoring game. Dolphins will win this one, two and a half, 23-21 at home. I think this is a much-needed win for the Dolphins. Eagles at Raiders. All right, after what I saw last week against the Denver Broncos, who are completely foos gold, I'm going to take the Las Vegas Raiders at three and a half. Because here's the thing. I knew last week was going to be a complete statement game. Now, I'm not saying he is the that the head coach for the Raiders right now is basically the answer to all their problems. But you have to look at all of the offensive efficiencies. Philadelphia cannot contain teams that have converted on third downs. That's a big, big deal for the Raiders. They know for a fact they've got all those offensive pieces when it comes to Brian Edwards, Henry Ruggs, and also Hunter Renfro. They know that Derek Carr is efficient enough that he's going to execute those plays, get the Raiders back into position. But Philadelphia, I'm not saying, I'm not saying bail on Jalen Hurts right now, but I do think... It's a slow, steady process, but Philadelphia, they've been banged up all up on defense. They've got no linebackers. They've got no secondaries. So it's going to be tough to really contain Darren Waller all through and through. So I'm going to take the Raiders to win at home in Vegas. I think that's going to be an interesting game. We'll get an awful lot of East Coasters here in Vegas, and I'm going to take them to win 27-21. to 21. Raiders, after a statement game, they're going to continue up onto that streak. Lions at Rams. All right, this is this is pretty obvious. I don't really have to explain it much, but the L.A. Rams, I feel like, are very much going to blow away the Detroit Lions, minus 15. I mean, first of all, the, the Detroit Lions have not even come close to where they are right now, and it's been kind of sad seeing that. So, and, and ultimately, I mean, Matthew Stafford against his former club in Detroit in L.A., this is going to be interesting because I know for a fact Jared Goff is circling over this game particularly because he wants to prove he was not the issue. He was not the reason that the Rams couldn't even win majority of their games, let alone winning the Super Bowl. So, But I do think it's a little bit more over-exaggerating than people think, so I'm going to take the Rams to win 33-17. It's just going to be atrocious for, for Detroit on that defensive side of the football. 
Texans at Cardinals. All right, I'm going to take the Arizona Cardinals here at home. Perfectly, perfectly in the best position right now against the Houston Texans, even though that they're right up onto the news with the Deshaun Watson thing. 17 and a half is the bet line. I'll have taken the win 33 to 14. Not much really to say about this because this is this is a, a, a team right now that's going to remain undefeated, and this is kind of one of those throw-in games. So I'm just going to make it simple and clear. Arizona Cardinals are going to blow them out. Bears at Buccaneers. All right, so this will be interesting. 12 and a half. I'm going to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, remember, this is also a team that the Buccaneers and Tom Brady forgot what quarter it was and what down it was the last time these two met last year. Now, I'm sure that Tom understood and he learned from his mistake that past year. So I think Tampa and what's wrong right now with Chicago is that they do not have enough protection for Justin Fields. Even though I do love his style of play, this has just not not been good for Chicago moving forward, even though they won big-time games against the Raiders, and they've also tried to stay competitive in certain games. But I think against Tampa, they may put up more points than 20 or so, but I think reasonably at 12 and a half, I'm going to take Tampa to win this one. And I do think they're going to learn from last year's mistakes, 35 to 20 against the Bears. Tampa wins. Colts at 49ers. All right. I like this. I actually really, 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 really like this. Plus four at San Francisco on a, on a Sunday night. I like this because the Indianapolis Colts, what's the one thing to like? They got T.Y. Hilton back. He will be healthy. So that means Carson Wentz has another option. And also, this rush for Indianapolis with Jonathan Taylor is going to cause a lot of problems for San Francisco's defense. This is this is kind of interesting to see how this offense has really been playing out for the 49ers. Now, I know they've been trading off with, Jay, with Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance, but Kyle Shanahan really needs to get things going for this team. They've been banged up all, all up on the backfield. They've had a couple of injuries here and there. They're still without their main runner. So I do not know what you're going to get out of San Francisco, but I do know what you're going to get out of the Indianapolis Colts. Plus four is a favorable number to go for. 28-24. Colts are the underdogs here on a Sunday night, so I'm going to take them to win 28-24, upsetting San Francisco. Saints at Seahawks. So, of course, the Seahawks, by the way, there were some news reports that they had ended up acquiring Jacob Easton from the Colts. Uh, I'm going to take the New Orleans Saints on the road, minus five. The Seahawks right now are just, they've got no answer for their defense at all. They've lost the last couple of games very ugly. And by the way, Jameis Winston, he's a slow and steady progress. Very different than what we've normally seen him being loose, relaxed, and just gunning it out left and right in Tampa. It's actually much better. I think Sean Payton has really tightened the strings up for, for Jameis. And I think the Saints, they still have a lot of real good, pe real good pieces on defense. So it's going to cause problems for Geno Smith and the rest of that offense for Seattle. Even though they may find ways to get back up into the game, I don't think it's going to be enough even on a primetime game on Monday. So I'm going to take the Saints to win 
27 to 20 in Seattle. Saints right now, they're they're looking like the better football team in Seattle. They just got to be crossing their fingers every single week, hoping that some sort of positive news is going to come back. So there you go. My prime predictions all throughout this week. It's actually a little bit similar to what last week kind of gave me. There's about three underdogs. So I've got the Browns, Patriots, Packers, Panthers, Ravens, Raiders, Rams, Cardinals, Buccaneers, and of course the Saints all on the favorites. Colts, uh, Dolphins, and the Titans are my underdog picks. Again, I do think that's going to be interesting. Maybe a trap game between Atlanta and Miami. But the Colts, I really do like at a plus four. I really, really like that number. In Kansas City, they are such a suspected defense. There's not much really that I could say about that at all. But I do think Tennessee and what I've seen out of Derrick Henry all throughout last like last last night or the last week against Buffalo, that's going to be the about as same and as similar as you're going to get it against Kansas City. So I think Tennessee, they might walk away with that game, regardless, even if they give up points to uh, Patrick Mahomes in that game. All right, guys, that's going to do it for me this week here for the Snake Sports Talk Show. I really do appreciate every single one of you guys coming by. Like, subscribe, hit the bell button for all the latest notifications, and keep yourselves up to date on future and, of course, watching past segments on the show. And also, all of my odds are provided by Superdraft Pro. So draft like a pro, sign up like a pro, share like a pro, and win free games like a pro at superdraftpro.com on your mobile device to Google Play and the App Store, fantasy and sports books. It's all available for you guys. Thank you guys so much for joining me here this week. And we will see you guys very, very soon here on the next episode of the Snake Sports Talk Show. Take care. Have a great night. Have a great week. And we'll see you guys soon.